0: Hi, this is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman, and I am the author of the Christian Warrior Woman book, Taking Back Your Faith, Family, and Future. It's on Amazon, and we also have a free chapter for you on ChristianWarriorWoman.com. So feel free to reach out, and you can get a good portion of the book for free to read and then continue if you like. But we are, this week, in the book of Ruth. And I normally, you know, I, I talk through some of the scripture, but try to give um, a different perspective and relate it to how we live in the world today and how we can how we can learn, be impacted, and have the word, you know, bring life to our very bones and change our life and circumstances. And the dilemmas we may find ourselves in, but also rejoice in the opportunity to win and be pr- prosperous and be successful and be bold and have courage um, in some very um, difficult and some exciting times. So we are in chapter three, and this is not going to be a long podcast because I want to really make um, a couple like three points um, in this chapter. That I really want to go with the message of elevating women. Well, first, and I will let you read this chapter. And, you know, really, it's a great chapter to meditate on. And I would recommend to read it and meditate, meditate beyond the words, because we can read a passage of scripture and just sit, just sit on it and see what other thoughts does the Lord bring to mind, or even pray that and ask the Lord to bring thoughts. And I will say, just as a quick thing before I get into the three points, that yesterday, after I read through, after I was um, teaching on chapters one and two, another area came to mind that could easily be taught on, and it's just how we take care of our own parents and our own relatives. And that will probably be a a podcast at another time. But how Ruth was honoring um, her family and how we need to do that today for knowledge and for impact and for learning and for teaching. But the Lord blesses our days when we honor our mother and our father. Doesn't mean, doesn't say to honor only those who are good or the best but to honor who your mother and father is. So I want to make that point before we go on. So here's my my three tips or so my three takeaways that may not always be obvious from, from chapter three. One, it starts out with typical to me um, mother and daughter time. You know, the mother, Naomi, the mother-in-law, stating that she needs to help, Um, Ruth find a home and make a home for herself. So she tells her to get dressed up, put on your perfume, put on your best clothes and get down to that. I'm I'm exaggerating. Get down to that threshing floor (laughs) and told her what to do with Boaz. So the first thing I would say in the first tip is that allow yourself to receive advice. And coaching, in a relationship, before the relationship, or how to even per, um, how to even uh, operate before you start a relationship. How to carry yourself. All of us have not been blessed with the the benefit of a mom or a mom who can tell us how to be a lady or maybe how to pursue a healthy relationship. I, I was blessed with a mother and a grandmother. And even though they offered advice, it doesn't mean I always took it. So even if you have one in your life, you may not have taken their advice always. But I would say they were heavy, heavily influenced and were engaged in my relationships when I was young before getting married. But I would recommend that many women feel like they can't share um, insecurities or share issues um, with other ladies because either they might be worried they might take their man or might tell them or, you know, sabotage their relationship. And that comes down to choosing um, friends. It comes down to wise counsel. And so, obviously, before you would share such things, you want to make sure the person is mature, um, spiritually mature, and and is seasoned in the area of relationships. And so that's the first step. So I think we see this in the chapter that she is listening and says, I'm going to follow your directions and your instructions. It almost sounds like to the letter of the law, she was going to do everything that naomi recommended and so in doing that um boaz was flattered he was honored and i think that's the the second thing men like to be um like to receive respect and liked he was very um impressed with not only her work ethic but that she respected that he could possibly be the redeemer and you know she let him know pretty much by her actions that she was interested in him you know being that covering so he lets her know that there is someone who is um there who was really the closer redeemer and he would go and figure out if that person wasn't willing to do it, then he would, and he seemed very excited about that. The thing that I like about this chapter, and I think it's the advice that women, no matter what age you are, that we miss. And it's what a man will do for a woman he loves or a woman he wants. And I think this is the lesson that today with sometimes some of the empowerment and, you know, we're telling even I tell women to be bold and courageous in their choices about their life. But sometimes people mix that up with how they how they should be in a relationship and how you want if you want a man to fight for you, cover you, be that gentleman you also have to come across as wanting to be a lady and wanting to be treated as a lady. And so I, I love the last words of advice that Naomi gives to Ruth. And she says, wait, because he's not going to rest until he gets it. And I think that is so true. When a man truly wants a woman, He will go to heaven and back for her. And many times in marriage and in dating, we can sabotage that desire that a man has in covering us. When we come across that we can do it all for ourselves, men like to be needed. When we come across that we don't need anybody. You see, on one hand, we want a man to realize we're confident and self-sufficient. But there's a fine line in making it appear that I don't need anybody. And so then when, when the young lady realizes well, why aren't men, you know, moving forward in a deeper relationship or more serious or, you know, wanting the relationship to be just one-on-one, they don't understand. I have all of this to offer. I have a great job. I have a car. I have a house. I have all these things. But what they missed was the man wanted a woman that he could cover. And I would say you'll find women with less qualifications, less things they own, can sometimes get a man versus a woman who has a lot of things and has a lot of possessions. And I experienced that when I was single. Guys would be like, oh, you know, why would you even want me? You, you can buy and do whatever you want for yourself. And wow, it was like, well, what about companionship? And so what I like about that, so that's two. And the third one is really waiting and not, not coming up with a plan of what a man has to do to make you happy or what he has to do to make you desire him but waiting to see what he is going to do because if you're in a relationship or you know you might say well Lisa I'm even in a marriage if you're in a marriage but I'm, I'm going to push you to pray <laughs> to pray to the Lord to intervene to bring back that initial passion that you had originally but if you're single or divorced and, you know, wanting the right man to approach you, then I would, I would give you that same advice that Naomi is stating to wait on the Lord. That when you are similar to Ruth, that she made two declarations that she was going to follow God and she was going to be by Naomi's side. And so, Naomi gave her the instruction to wait, to wait on that Boaz would come through for her. And that's what we have to look at. If you're single, you have to know that God is going to come through for you. If you're married and you are struggling, you have to pray and believe that God is going to come through for you. So there is that waiting you're waiting. You might be saying, I'm waiting for Mr. Wright," but you're waiting for God to bring this person to manifest in your life. Or you are waiting for God to wake and shake and bake your husband to realize that your marriage needs to be rekindled, whether it's getting a job, whether it's gaining back the respect maybe that you've lost for him, whatever that may be. But I think when I look at chapter three, It's a great scripture for realizing that, one, as we've talked about, you need the counsel and advice of someone older and wiser who knows, and uh, we'll call it traditions, relationships, and knows um, the lay of the land of how to build a family and how to build a life. And the second is the steps and actions that you take to Allow a man to be edified, but allow him to know that he can provide a covering for you, that he is someone you look up to and you are someone of character. Remember what he says. He says, based on what he saw earlier and then what she did with uncovering his feet and laying at them. There is a, sorry to say this, lady, ladies, there is a submissive type of humble, type of behavior that goes along with this. And lastly, to wait. Don't ask a man to marry you. Don't pressure a man to marry you. But you wait, you pray, and you stand in confidence that you are worthy of great things. Sometimes a man might have to get a better job. Or a man is stating he wants something more serious, but he's saving and wants to be in a secure, more secure before he makes a move. And I've seen many women say, oh, it's okay. I have it. We can build it together and blah, blah, blah. Then you get together and you're like, "Well, when is he going to get that better job? When is he going to have more money? When is he going to do this for me and do that for me? Wait. Wait and let him have a plan for your life. Because if he doesn't have a plan for your life, you will not be happy. And when you're planning your life yourself, trust me, I've done this. When you're the one planning your own life, but you're in a relationship, it's no fun. Because you feel like, I could have been single planning my own life versus being in a marriage, planning my own life. And so I know that it can be challenging because we want to come across as smarter, brighter, sexier, and all of those things. And we can be all of those things. But make sure it's coming from a genuine place that we're, you're not putting on airs or or acting or trying to be who you think that man wants you to be, be yourself always. I remember years ago, I used to always hear men say that women were this way, and then they married them, and they didn't recognize the person they married. And I never really got that because for myself personally, I was the same person my husband dated as I was married. And I kind of made it clear to him before we got married who I was what I struggled with. And, you know, there was no surprise then, three months in, six months in. That doesn't mean we didn't have other problems. But be who you are. So it's very hard to pretend after you're married. If you've been pretending during the dating for a year or six months or whatever it is, and then you get married, then you're like, whew, I made it. I can now really be myself. Well, he doesn't know that person. So be who you are. And I think that's another thing that I liked about Ruth, that she was the person that she was. The same humble person that laid at Boaz's feet was the same person she appeared to be with Ruth. I mean, to be with Naomi and with her sister-in-law. So you be who you are, whether that's an extrovert or an introvert. But just make sure that you are living your life on purpose, exploring life and challenging yourself with the new ideas. Maybe it's a language, maybe it's a class, but get out of your comfort zone because that's the first place you'll expand and learn and grow. So I hope today that this chapter three, when you read it, gives you other ideas about yourself, but also some grounding principles on how you can reflect who you are in a relationship and how to make it successful. So you have a great weekend. God bless. And I will talk to you tomorrow.